Annie Thoris' daughter's speech, I mean, I had tears rolling down my face listening to her talk about trying to figure out if it was even possible for her to compete, if it was possible for her to try and qualify. Um, you know, and she talked about being in, you know, a dark place, like five, six weeks out of competition and just feeling like she was nowhere up to par. Um, and, you know, calling on her friend and her friend giving her some like workouts and time so that she could show her that like, hey, you're in this, like you can do this. And I just thought how brave to just show that side of competition. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and network, we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. What is up, everybody? We are back, and we are very excited to be back. We've only procrastinated this episode for two weeks, three weeks? <laughs> Six weeks. Six, well, no, that was just regular scheduling, but then it was oh, like, okay, we need to do this. Okay, what do we say? Okay, we need to do this. <laughs> right. We, re- we should have went two weeks later. So we're like four weeks late. So we apologize, everybody. But if you are listening to this, then you are the bomb because um, you still stuck with us. We just uh, uh, just checked our our feed here on Apple Podcasts. Our last one was July 10th, um, episode number 33 with Eva Claire Sankowski. Actually, the truth is that one was such a good episode. We didn't know how to top it. So we've been <laughs> kind of rocked our world. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's been we go from paralyzed <laughs> by analyzing it too much. Um, no, in, in reality, I think... Um, it's just summer. Yeah, summer and some excuses and summer and life got in the way. And we'll get through all that. But um, yeah, guys, we're just so, so, uh, yeah, so excited to be back. Um, we're going to kind of do a like recap update episode, everything that we've been through in the last month and a half. And starting off with, um, how about that new intro, everybody? Woo woo! Did you like it, Jen? <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got some some new music in the intro outro, and the story on that is, um, I kind of wanted to mix it up. This was like, I think like a couple months ago. Um, just wanted to give the podcast a refresh and drop some new beats for you guys. Um, so anyway. A few weeks ago, we were kind of getting ready to, that might've been part of the delay too. We were getting ready to record another episode and my computer, my Mac says, oh, you're running low on storage. And I feel like I get that message all the time, running low on storage. So I always go through, I empty my trash can. I'm looking for things to delete. Uh, This time I, I effed up big time. I deleted just (laughs) way too much. I accidentally (laughs) deleted every piece of music on my computer um, that I've ever had on it. So it, it deleted all of our past episodes um that i had saved luckily they're already uploaded so no biggie there but it it deleted our intro our outro and everything so we just had nothing to to go off of so um at and if that you time, can yeah and if you can imagine like literally we're sitting down we're we're getting the equipment out putting the mics out zach's kind of working on his computer getting ready to go we have we've chatted about it it's probably like it is tonight sunday at seven thirty at night and 
he <laughs> deletes everything Yikes. and basically walks to his room and goes to bed. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that makes me more mad than a technological glitch, blip, or mistake. And it's just, it is so frustrating for me. And right away, Jen says, we'll just check the trash. It'll be in the trash. I said, Jen, I already deleted it. I just, I went too fast and I was deleting stuff left or right. So my head was just spinning. Like you deleted the the trash without checking. (laughs) Anyway, so Jen tried to. Yeah, I uh, spent another hour and a half downloading some kind of file recovery program and I did actually was able to recover quite a few things that we didn't need but um could not find the intro outro anyways here we anyway um so I was kind of forced to redo the intro outro um and kind of this is what happened it's kind of a cool story we were uh we play music all the time in our gym (laughs) whenever I hear just an awesome wicked song come on on our Spotify playlist I always like to check out the artist so the song was um it's a, a beat it remix so Michael Jackson's Beat It. Um, but this is a remix um, done by an artist named Quixotic. That's Q-U-I-X-O-T-I-C, Quixotic. And um, yeah, it's just got like a really cool vibe to it, I guess. So I checked out uh, his music. His music is all like, it's like 80s synth. How would you describe it? Like it's all got like an 80s feel to it. Like it reminds me of like when we watch Stranger Things, just like it's got like an 80s feel, 80s vibe. So if you're into the 80s, um, you should go check out his music. It's all just kind of like beats and stuff. But um, Beat It was the first song um, that we really liked. And then I started downloading a couple of his albums, uh, been playing some of those songs in the gym. And um, yeah, I just liked his tune so much. I reached out to him on Instagram and just asked if we could um, basically get permission to use his music. And he said yes. So that was kind of the birth of, okay, I'm going to use his music now for our podcast. So if you guys are interested in that, um, Q-U-I-X-O-T-I-C, Quixotic. Um, Beat It is a super cool song. I think my my either my favorite or second favorite is a song called uh, Schwarzenegger. So you guys should check that one out. It's got like the the Terminator theme music kind of in the background. It's It's super cool, but... If you're into the 80s at all or like into the, I don't know, Stranger Things show, I feel like it's, it's got, uh, I don't know, it's got some cool beats. So anyway, that is the new intro that you guys would have heard at the start of this episode. That was his music. Everything happens for a reason, so it's all good. Um, we, yeah, we chatted a little bit. So our last podcast episode was with Eva Claire Sinkowski of Optimize Me Nutrition. And as soon as we finished the podcast, we just, I mean, I think we chatted ourselves for like another half an hour, an hour, month and a half. half, (laughs) We just stopped the conversation and we said, we have to do like a recap because there was just so many good points that she made. And, um, anyways, here we are. So yeah, number number one, guys, uh, number one is if you have social media, you should be following her. I just, I think her advice is just so awesome, but also I think the the humor that comes with it is just extra awesome. Um, I think she's just got a wicked take on um, keeping it simple when it comes to nutrition and fitness. Um, but yeah, what was kind of your favorite um, takeaway from that one? Well, we talked a little bit about CrossFit and um, 
I don't even remember really like the exact line, but it came up and she said, you know, it was always intended to be the minimum effective dose. You work out for an hour, you know, five days a week and you, you will be kind of the fittest you'll, you will have ever been in your life. Yeah. The, the tagline for CrossFit has always been forging elite fitness and, um, to kind of go off what Jen said, like minimum effective dose doesn't mean do the bare minimum. It means what's like the, the smallest amount of work I can do to get insane essentially results. elite fitness or insane results. And that is what CrossFit was born of was, it was the best bang for your buck as far as time in the gym. Um, and we're still riding that out now where, um, I mean, Jen and I take our own classes. We go five classes a week. Um, I'm turning 35 soon. You can mention your age on the podcast yes, if you I wish. I 37. <laughs> Proud to say it. <laughs> you never know what the ladies, if they want to mention their, <laughs> the their age on the podcast. But um, I'm 35. Jen's 37. And we're still doing like, yeah, minimum effective dose. We're just hitting a class a day, five days a week, and we are still improving and whatever you want to call elite fitness. I mean, I think we've, we've reached it. And I think a lot of people well, in our gym have reached yeah, it. Yeah. And, and I think it's important. Like we've, we're beating Zach and Jen from regionals a really long time ago. Um, which I mean, just because we qualified for those, it kind of is like, it makes it appear like that was the pinnacle of our athletic career. But the reality is, is that I'm much fitter now um, and able to do things that I was not able to do back then at, at this age after having um, Paxton. So yeah, I really, I love that comment, but I think it was also made in relation to, well, the fact that somewhere along the line, people have gone off track in the sense that it's, it's like become, I guess, normal to do more than what we're suggesting, which is the hour. And also people like, you know, they might start off with three days a week, then they move to four, they move to five. And it's like, now what? I'm like, there's, there's nothing more like the, the, the now what should be like, okay, you know, now you're super fit. So keep it going. But I mean, now you have all this extra, like not extra time, but I'm saying (laughs) if you're in the gym four or five days a week, spend the rest of your time doing other things that you love. You don't need more gym, more gym, more working out, more working out. And I think that's the side that even Jen and I realized, like when we were what people would consider the height of our CrossFit career, when we were competing at regionals, the sport just wasn't, it wasn't where it's at now. It just wasn't as good. Mm -hmm. So we were a big fish in a little pond, I guess. And now the sport is much better and we are also better. Um, but we're actually training less hours than we used to and still actually finding better results. So I think for a lot of people, um, and I think people say this a lot on social media too, is that the point of the gym is not to get better at the gym. The point of the gym is so you can go outside the gym and do more of the things that you love. So you can be better at life. Um, and I think her comment on minimum effective dose, um, kind of relates to all of that. Yeah. And I think it also transfers over to, and again, I know there's people that want to go to competition, so they want to increase their volume a little bit. Like definitely there is 0.1% of people that are doing a bit more for a reason. Um, but I think her comment really relates to the nutrition side of things too, because she said people get so caught up in, you know, their salt, their dairy, their this, their that. And they're, they're basically going on all these different tangents and trying to control all these things when, 
just like putting some work into the very simple basics is the minimum effective dose. That's all you really need. You don't need to go beyond, um, you know, sort of what she's suggesting. So yeah, love it. Um, the other thing that she really, I really enjoyed her. Um, again, guys, if you haven't listened to episode 33, uh, you definitely should. But one of my favorite, uh, other favorite parts was her answer to um, the question that we asked guests at the end. If you could give one tip to somebody to live a stronger, healthier, happier life. Um, her answer was somewhere along the lines of they already know. Um, which is, she kind of twisted that question back on to whoever asked, whoever it. asked it is that you already know, I already know, Jen already knows, um, you listening, uh, we all already know our, like nobody knows our life better than us. <laughs> so it's like looking yourself in the mirror and answering that really tough question. Like, what am I doing poorly? Um, what is the worst part of my super six game? my mindset, my movement, my sleep, stress, nutrition network, like what am I doing the worst? And then that's basically the area you should start to um, hone in on to essentially get, get, get the most out of that effort is, I mean, if your sleep is awful, that's, that's probably a great place to start. But I, I really liked how she kind of said nah, that person already knows. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pointed back at you. Anyways, great episode. Hopefully one day we'll have her back on the podcast. And cause I feel like we had, so much more to talk about, but, um, yeah, I'm excited. What else we've been up to Jen? Um, let's talk about, well, yeah, we'll talk about our, um, latest Victoria trip. Mm -hmm. You want to take that one? Yeah. I was actually just flipping through. I took our calendar off the fridge. Um, cause I was kind of just flipping back through cause I know originally I think our, I mean, I think originally we were supposed to be in Victoria, I want to say somewhere near the end of May. Um, I'm looking like I had ultrasound, ultrasound, blood work, ultrasound. So, I mean, this is this whole cycle has kind of been going on from May. Everything finally came to a head. We had a week's notice and we headed out to Victoria on um, August 4th. And this is just to catch everybody up if you don't mm -hmm. know the story. Um, Jen and I were unable to conceived naturally so we went the IVF route we really liked the clinic out in Victoria BC um, they were just so amazing we get that question a lot why Victoria I don't know why it just it just seemed mm -hmm. like it was a great fit for us and the doctor that we originally met with was absolutely amazing um, we went out there was that three years ago Jen four years ago mm -hmm. I'm losing track on the years but um, our, we got four frozen embryos and the first one worked. The first one is Paxton, mm -hmm. um, our daughter, who's now two. So the first one worked, which means we had three left, um, still frozen Victoria. So every time we were ready for another cycle, Jen would have to get all hormoned up and needled up and everything has to like, the stars have to align mm -hmm. um, just to basically um, let Jen go to Victoria because they're obviously not going to transfer a frozen embryo if her body's not ready to go. But um, the second one did not work. The third one did not work. And then now Jen will continue the story on the fourth one. Yeah. So we, yeah, went on the fourth, um, for that transfer. And again, bright spot was that, uh, Zach was able to join me for the first time for a transfer. So it was really, yeah, it was nice to do it together. It was nice to get away for, um, a couple days, but the transfer was unsuccessful. So we found out on Friday the 13th, 
Um, not sure if that was a bad omen, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it, it was a very frustrating moment. Um, I think mad is sad's bodyguard always. And so I think my reaction was just, I was just very angry, angry at the world, angry at everything that I had to do to get there. And that, yeah, just that feeling like your body's not doing what it's supposed to do, even though these cycles are crazy. Um, so, I mean, I think that was maybe another reason we didn't update quite, yeah, right after, because I honestly didn't know what to say. Yeah, <laughs> that was a tough couple of weeks for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, being honest, uh, everything is definitely easier when you have a kid. I think I've said this before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> you know, the second one didn't work. The third one didn't work. Um, having packs around helps. And hey, we got another chance at it. We got another chance at it. This one was a little different because now we don't have any more chances. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit tough. Um, Jen and I, ever since we ever started talking about having kids, we just, yeah, we, we think we're going to have two kids. We're going to have two kids and you never really know where it's going to go. Um, we didn't even know we'd have to go the IVF route. And then when we had four frozen embryos and the first one worked, we're like, oh, okay, this is kind yeah. of easy then. Apparently you just show up, they put this frozen embryo in you and then you have a baby. So we were running a hundred percent after the first one, but when all said and done, it's only a 25% success rate. So, um, I think that leaves us a bit sad, um, because there are no more like, not that they're free cause they're certainly not. Um, but like almost free chances, like chances where you have, well, our best chances, high, yeah. our best chances were, were, were with those, uh, frozen embryos. Um, so now we're going to, just I don't know keep talking to some doctors and see if there's other things we can do but we will not I don't think we're going to go the IVF route again I think um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of money it's a lot of time it's a lot of I think that's the thing like yeah. this this one cycle was like May till August and that's you know making like I think I had six ultrasounds which is you know hopefully not normal but um, yeah and then kind of all said and done our percentages is not that high. So to go through all of that again and, um, dig yourself into financial debt probably, um, is right now not the way that we're going to go. So, but I think both of us, it's very scary to say like we are out of options or it makes my heart beat very quickly to say like, that's it. There's nothing else. We can't, you know, there's no other options. So that's just kind of where we are. It's, we don't want to give up. Um, we're not sure what the next step is, but we're also a very, here we are. <laughs> yeah. And we're also very happy people. Uh, we just like to also share some of our dark times because I think that people can relate if we're just like big bird and Elmo all the time, then I think people would be like, mm-hmm. all right, uh, you know, it's enough. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we like to try to share all of our stuff because then, that's kind of real life. Um, yeah. But generally, I, we're very happy people and we work hard. I think we work very hard to be happy people. And I think um, I just want to finish with the fact is we have a two year old um, healthy girl. And I think now, you know, she was always our little miracle uh, baby because the first one worked and we were waiting for, I mean, over two years to have a kid. Um, I think well over two years. 
So that was just absolutely awesome. And now, um, if it could be even more awesome, if that's possible, I mean, it is because we would be in a whole different world of hurt if we went 0 for 4. Um, Which happens all the time. Yes. So I I couldn't imagine. So we're extra thankful and grateful that we went 1 for 4. Yeah. And Um, I think, I mean, every time I, again, it would be so easy to slip into. You could go on social media and I mean every it's just the way it works, right? It will show me basically um like pregnancy announcements are like in my feed. I don't know how why it does that, but it's very easy to just see everyone around you getting pregnant cuz you can literally flip the world to show you kind of like what it wants that everyone can do it except you and get into like a very negative um headspace, but I think what keeps us going is a, I mean, we were there and we, you know, we have Paxton, but B, we know so many couples right now that are in that struggle that don't have their baby yet. Um, just going through this process, we have met so many couples. And so I think that also keeps us just on the grateful side of things and not kind of treading down that path. Yeah. And everybody needs to do what's best for them. It has helped us along the way to talk about it. A lot and not talking about it like, you know, I know we have this podcast and we talk over this. I don't I don't believe that's like this isn't our most vulnerable where we're sharing the most like this is just us chatting into a mic and we're thankful that you guys are listening. But I think the real sharing and vulnerability is like sharing it with close friends and family and, you know, talking to people about it, you know, people that you respect and love and admire because then you will start to meet more people that are in your shoes. And then not that it makes it better, but you know, I used to think we had it tough till I heard about somebody who has it just, you know, way worse than us. And and it all of a sudden you start surrounding yourself with other people who are also kind of fighting and holding on to hope. And all of a sudden it, it does make you feel less. What's the word? I don't know. Resentful to the, mm-hmm. all the people who are having babies just super easy, right? Because that is all what you see on on social media, and and you or you just assume like you don't even know their story. You just see the pregnancy announcement. So yeah, but it it has helped us to kind of um, yeah chat with our friends, chat with our family. You know, even this podcast because people come and chat with us after after episodes, but. Yeah. Anyway, that's the uh, that's, that's the, the update. Downer. We haven't sold all the baby stuff, but we are. I think trying to wrap our heads around the fact that we might be a family three, and I think that's okay. Well, we're a family of six. We got three dogs <laughs> right now. True. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get a fourth dog. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll have more. Uh, Maybe more baby updates in the next year or two, and then we'll have to just drop it probably at some point. I, but, yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, that's that's the uh, I think that's the the low point of this episode. Yeah, let's, up from here. Let's start to get back on track and heat things up. What's our next update, Jen? What do you want to recap now? Well, I got CrossFit Games recap. Yeah, I was gonna say we. Um, when was the, I'm trying to think of when it was that July? My whole world is just. I think it was. Help me out, people. Where where was it? CrossFit Games. Uh, I mean, was I that three weeks here. or four weeks ago? Oh man, yeah, I think it's like close to four weeks ago. Anyways, CrossFit Games this oh, year. Oh, July twenty eighth. Okay. Started on July twenty eighth. Yeah. Literally so we're a month. Yeah. Okay. A month ago. Um. Wow. What's your take on the games this year, Jen? We had 
Well, for the first time in two years, um, I kind of went back to the old gen. And I think that's because the games went back to the old games um, and watched. I think I watched every single event other than the full swim event because I didn't have an hour and a half. But um, yeah, I just loved, loved, loved being part of it. I loved that they kept more athletes around longer, um, didn't make as many cuts. I just, yeah, I just, just so inspired. I... I went in and like wanted to throw a heavy barbell around, like just. Yeah, it was really um, good this year, and I mean we're huge fans of CrossFit. We're we're not. We went to the CrossFit Games one year, and that was awesome too. But like this was a really, really, really cool year. I thought probably because it's been you know a couple of years going through COVID, and so we haven't really had a full CrossFit Games experience, even though we experienced it over the internet in a while. So that was, it was just good to have it back. But like Jen said, they also, they kind of like played with the format for a couple of years. And I just, yeah, um, sometimes I like to be not hypercritical because I'm like, um, what's the word? A pessimist? Mm-hmm. I don't like to be hypercritical, just to tear it apart for no reason. But I do like to like closely analyze the different events and, and maybe what the athletes thought of them and kind of how were they, were they good, like good, well-rounded tests of fitness. Um, and, and, and generally like, you know, when we watched the, okay, were, were these events fun to do as an athlete and, and were the events fun to watch as a spectator? I think like every year there has to be some different, some different tests. So of course some are like more boring than others, but um, I don't know. I, I thought this year, I just loved the programming. Yeah. I yeah. thought this year could have been one of the best years ever. Um, I just thought it was show, yeah. yeah. I thought it was you know the first year of no ball CrossFit games. I don't know unless some athletes know a lot of things that I don't know. I I thought it was a pretty sweet year. I've been also reading like Pat Vellon or Brent Fakowski's recaps. It it sounds like it was pretty awesome for everyone. Yeah, um, I think my favorite event. Well, I always look at events in terms of you know what would I what would I like to do. So like the event that I would. Um, like what would be your favorite event as an athlete? As an athlete, oh man! Um, I mean, and I usually we and I mean, let's be honest here. We usually like as an athlete, we're going to gravitate towards the ones that <laughs> yeah. favor us the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it was not going to be the handstand walking course, and I'm pretty good on my hands, but this is like this is a whole new level of insanity. Um, I would say, okay, as an athlete, I'm going events six and seven okay events six and seven um for an athlete and jen is very very good with the barbell and it's a fairly short run so i'm going to assume jen you pick those ones because you get to uh toss some plates around yes okay what's your favorite event as a spectator what was your favorite one to watch through the computer i think i was most impressed um by watching event four which is the 10 to 1 reps of wall walks and thrusters 135 for women 185 for men um mostly because i did some wall walks in the open and like this event is just no joke and some of these ladies just made it look like absolutely nothing like i was just so impressed by their ability to power through yeah, <laughs> that shoulder um, yeah, here are my two tidbits on that one. Um, event for everybody, just so you know, it's it's ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. 
So 10 down to one of wall walks and thrusters. When I first saw this workout, I, the, the weight that pops up first is 135. And I go, whoa, like, geez, that's a heavy thruster. And then I was like, whoa, that's the female weight. The, the weights are 135 for females, 185 for the males. So Zach would be buried and puddled in round one or two. But anyway, um, that one I would say is the one that probably doesn't look like that terrible on paper. Yeah. Like if you read through all the like events. wall that, walks. Is that even a movement? Yeah, wall walks, thrusters. Okay, <laughs> 10 down to one. That's kind of cool. But I think that one would mess you up the most. That one was um, absolutely deadly. Another side note. I actually got to do that workout with a ex CrossFit Games athlete. Everybody, um, we were actually in Victoria at the time. Um, our good friends uh, Tyson Takasaki and Rebecca. <laughs> For last name. That's bad. Anyways, doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, we're good friends. Um, Jen was uh, really good friends with Tyson when he lived in Winnipeg, and they went to the same gym together. But anyway, they live out in Victoria now. And, uh, Tyson was working out one day. He said I could like, kind of come in for a workout. So he wanted to do <laughs> event four. Um, we were kind of short on space. So we ended up using two dumbbells instead of the bar. Um, I would say my, the two dumbbells we used were, I think we used fifties, which was quite heavy for me, but the 185 bar would be even heavier. And it is just a shoulder annihilation. Like your shoulders are so tired and then you got to hold yourself upside down. Anyway, that one is, um, yeah, a very, I think a very underrated workout. Yeah. Okay. What's, what are for you for athletes? Do you have a least favorite workout, Jen? Least favorite workout? I mean, like that might be just, that might be tough to pick out. Yeah. I kind of like the rest of them. Okay, there's a lot of events here and they're all quite good. I'm going to go, here's Zach's favorite. Zach's favorite is nine. Event nine is just the most classic, basic, basic, maybe, CrossFit workout ever. It's just classic CrossFit. 2159 um, calories on the Echo Bike and light snatches. Um, it was 75 pounds for the ladies, 105 for the males. Um I do love that style. I think probably, again, I picked that favorite one because that's probably my bread and butter is um, some tough conditioning, light barbell, and it is just a super fast, I mean, the time cap was eight minutes. Um, I also love those ones too. They're, they're very fun to watch in the stands. They're very fun to watch on the computer. You can kind of see like, you know, everyone gets off the bike at the same time and then it starts to spread apart. Yeah, in those 15s. In those snatches. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, if we do test those, like we could, we could test that out with the same weights. We wouldn't be able to move at the same pace, but I mean, you could take any weight on that barbell. 2159 of calories on the bike and snatches is going to hurt a lot. And it was just, yeah, it was just like classic. I, I, I always love when they go back to just like a simple classic CrossFit workout. That was one of my favorites to watch. Um, there's a lot in there though. My, um, not to go, you know, one of Jen's favorites was event six and seven, the clean and the run. The one thing I do want to say on that one is I think based on what I maybe thought when they came out and then uh, if anybody wants to read Pat Vellner's post, but the events six and seven are like so, so, so similar um, that I thought it was kind of weird at first. 
the weights do get heavier. Um, it's basically five rounds for time, everybody, where you, you, they do a, like a 200-meter run and then one clean. And they did these events back-to-back, and I think they tried to like mix up the stimulus a bit. Um, you would have to watch these events for yourself or go read yeah, them. But I thought they were supposed to be like kind of like a longer run with a lighter barbell and then a shorter run with a heavier barbell. Yeah, and I, I think... I wouldn't say these are my least favorite events. I actually think this is a super cool event. I just think it was actually, um, I think it was a programming error, which it, you know, is going to happen maybe every year. I don't know. Um, the only thing with that one is that like the time cap was so short on the first one. Like some people didn't even get like to touch the fifth bar. The time cap was way too short. And I think the stimulus between six and seven were just, they were so similar. Um, I think, I think, I think we, we even thought they would be different, but essentially the, the athletes, like, I mean, whoever finished in the top 10 on the first event finished on the top 10, the second one. So it didn't really shake the field up a whole lot, but the event itself was cool. A short run and one clean. Um, they might've just had to probably just take events six and seven and just turn it into one event perhaps where, yeah. um, it's a short run and maybe it's two cleans at each barbell just to get a little bit more barbell in there versus the run. But, um, still a cool event though. I just think the, the two back to back didn't, I don't think it worked out the way they wanted it to. I thought it was, Oh, sorry. Okay. And then what was your, those are your two or no, well, that was kind of my least favorite, but my favorite was the 2159. I was just going to say, I thought it was interesting watching event 13, which had, um, four rounds of GHD sit-ups, uh, well, it wasn't necessarily uh, four rounds, but it was 20 GHD sit-ups, eight cheese curd burpees over a hay bale, and then a 168-foot yoke carry. So basically when your yoke got over the line, you were done. So if you got it over, then you didn't have to do any more rounds. Yeah, and round one was two minutes. So they basically yeah. had two minutes to do 20 GHD sit-ups, eight burpees over a hay bale and they also have to chuck that sandbag over yeah and then whatever's remaining that two minutes they go under that yoke um and again it's a weight that like i i don't even think i could pick up like it's just it's such a ridiculously heavy weight my guess is they sorry finish your thought on that that event well i guess i was i was interested watching it because we had already seen the one rep max snatch we've already seen the the heavy clean ladder and so I think you automatically assume that the people that finish at the top of those events um, with the heaviest lifts are sort of your strongest athletes. Therefore, they should be able to move the yoke the fastest. Um, and it, it just is surprising. Like the yoke is a totally different type of strength and mostly type of stability Uh than just moving a barbell overhead. So it, it just, that was not the case. Well, minus Tia Toomey, which it almost doesn't count because she wins everything. No, but. but I know what you're saying though. I, I totally agree that like strength, if you, you know, through uh, almost through every CrossFit games, like you start to think about, oh, this athlete will be good at this. And then you're just, you're just proven wrong. You're like, whoa, I, I didn't realize. Geez, yeah. I thought that person was strong. I like, thought they, why they no look problem so with unstable the under the, yeah, under yeah. the yoke. And I mean, it could be practiced with the yoke, but it just, yeah, it was a, a great, so I thought in my head, you know, this is a great test. And also, you know, the athletes that moved it really quick had, you know, maybe only one or two rounds of those GHD sit-ups and the athletes that didn't, I mean, they were hit with four rounds. So I mean, double the amount of work that some of the athletes, um, so just in terms of, yeah, cause some athletes would have done 40, 40 GHD sit-ups. Cause I think, yeah. I think they finished in round two and then some yeah. athletes would add 80 GHD sit-ups. Yeah, exactly. Um, like just in terms of recovery 
and getting ready for that um that next event I mean that's just a cool I mean cool if you finished fast I guess yeah (laughs) not so cool if you didn't but yeah I think I think some people thought too like I mean I heard saw some like I don't know some comments online stuff like they don't think event 13 was like tested because some people almost finished it in round one I think Tia Tumion almost finished it in round one for the females and um it might have been who who else finished it round one oh, for I the forget. males? Was it Bjorn, Carl yeah, Goodmanson, BKG? I so. But I think like the weight is so heavy. I don't even like. I mean, unless you get these actual athletes testing it, like I actually just think they they just overperform so much. Like I just I don't even think it was that. I don't even think they thought it was possible yeah. to get the GHD. Ha- uh, sorry, three quarters of the way. Yeah, down. to get the yoke halfway down the field in round one. And then they're just moving at a speed, that, again, probably a speed they didn't think they were going to move at. And they almost like beat the workout in round one where that was probably not the intention. So, I mean, I think sometimes it's just like it's very hard to program <laughs> workouts for the best in the world because they're just they're just doing things you don't even think possible. Um, you don't even think that are possible. But um, also event 14 I think is worth mentioning this was the first year ever they did freestanding handstand push-ups and I think this is such a cool event it was 6 10 14 reps for time of deadlifts and freestanding handstand push-ups the deadlifts were at 275 for the ladies and 405 for the guys so I mean you got to be able to deadlift as a male um, over 400 pounds four reps easily Cause I mean, they're all going unbroken basically. It's also event 14. So you're just ham, like you're just totally crushed at this point. Ladies got a deadlift 275 in a workout. Um, so, I mean, most of us wouldn't even have to worry about freestanding handstand pushups. Cause if I was there <laughs> event 14, I would just look at the bar and then wave to the crowd. Be like, I'm good there guys. Like I can't move this weight. Event 14. What is that day? Whatever that is day four. Yeah. Like, just the level of fatigue would be just so insane. Yeah. So anyway, that weight is, um, you know, heavy no matter what. I couldn't imagine how heavy it felt when you're at the end of the CrossFit Games. Yeah. Um, but then they're doing freestanding handstand push-ups. So they are not using a wall to hold their feet anymore. Uh, yeah. And I suspect some of them will have played around with these. Like, I mean, based on the handstand walking course, we know that they're all pretty good on their hands. But just when you're given a new skill and more than that, a new standard and you as the spectator get to watch them essentially work through this new skill or standard, you're basically making, you're, you're watching them make adaptations as they go. Because some of them like on their first couple of reps, like they're wobbly, they're not really too sure. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, this is what my body needs to do. Okay, go. Like it was just incredible to watch them find what their body needed to make these reps happen um, with, I mean, they might've had an hour to try and figure that out. And basically at that point, I mean, you're not wasting too much energy in the back. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, going. and I think the event, like not everybody finished. I don't even know how many finished, mm-hmm. but I think it went way better than probably everybody was expecting. I thought the freestanding handstand pushups would be like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I remember when they introduced the pegboard, was that five years ago they introduced the pegboard? Like it did not go well because that was, it was a very tough skill and it still is a tough skill, but I don't think anybody at the games was ready for pegboard and they didn't really know the proper technique. Mm-hmm. So that one did not go like a lot of people really struggled with the pegboard for the first time. 
and now it's like a staple in the game so everybody's ready for it i don't think anybody was really ready for freestanding handstand push-ups but like jen said i think people have probably played with these over the years a little bit even we haven't i mean i don't expect to do them in a competition but once in a while we, we kind of check them out but um probably because everybody is so good on their hands now like i mean if you can get through that obstacle course then you're pretty good on your hands so um I think adjusting to the new standard would have been tough for them um, and just kind of getting in a rhythm of how to go up and down and then move or sorry up they'd have to move like six inches forward go back down go back up move six inches forward but they did some really really good work on that one and we're just happy to i mean the the female side side turned out like well exactly as expected as far as tia Toomey. she yeah. is just a beast yeah um and i think greatest display of actual vulnerability um was Annie Thor's daughter's speech I mean I had tears rolling down my face listening to her talk about trying to figure out if it was even possible for her to compete if it was possible for her to try and qualify um you know and she talked about being in you know a dark place like five six weeks out of competition and just feeling like she was nowhere up to par um, and, you know, calling on her friend and her friend giving her some like workouts and time so that she could show her that like, hey, you're in this, like you can do this. And I just thought how brave to just show that side of competition because many of these athletes are alone on their programs, um, although there's good people around them. Um, but just to show that it's it's not this dream you know, you're just super strong and you're super fit and everything is awesome all the time. Like it's very hard. And um, I, I think just love that she shared that. Yeah. And I think for all of us, when you, if you look up to somebody who is, you know, in this case, we'll just use CrossFit, but everybody above Zach and Jen, who's better at CrossFit, we looked at, we, we generally look at them and be like, oh man, they have it so easy. They're just, they're just, you know, super good at the sport. They work hard. They, but I think when you really get into it, like everybody is almost struggling with the same things. Like it's, we're struggling, staying consistent and motivated and, and, um, giving a hundred percent like, yes. And then being happy with our results and things like that. So even though Annie's been to the games, what is this 10 years in a row or 11 or something? I think more than that. Like that is just absolutely crazy that you can, you can be there in 2009. Yeah. Like she's been to the games. So is that 12 times? I should know that. But um, then she comes back and finishes third. Like it's just like less than a year. Yeah. Like Tia Toomey, like her, like her five in a row was obviously um, super impressive. And if she's back next year, I imagine she'll win six, but something should be said for the, the consistency or longevity of Annie Thor's daughter to be there that many years in a row. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking stay in, yeah. to stay in the mix I stay in the mix also I mean she battled like she had to withdraw with me one year she had a major back injury that she's built back from like it's this it's not it has not been a linear linear road that's for sure yeah lots and lots of ups and downs and she but she just keeps going and it's still just so awesome um so yeah that was really cool to see on the male side it was really cool to see um two Canadians yeah and I mean maybe a new winner like I mean I I don't I didn't want Matt Fraser to step out but it was kind of cool this year like because every other year like you just kind of knew Matt Fraser was gonna win um Justin Medeiros was pretty pretty awesome and and um it was fun to watch him but it was cool to see Pat Vellner is back on the podium and Brent Fikowski back on the podium it was pretty cool to see two Canadians up there yeah 
Um, yeah, that's kind of our games recap, everybody. Um, what do you want to recap next, Jen? We are in a bizarro world at our kitchen table right now. Zach has the notes and Jen has doodles on her pad. Um, so Zach has back more to you there, notes. Zach. What, what, what do you want to update now? Uh, Zach has more <laughs> notes than Jen. I'm the prepared one in this family. Uh, just kidding. Just for today. Um, we're going to go through, well, there was a cross of games, but then shortly after everybody, if you didn't, if you didn't hear, there was sweat fest 2021, um, which was our own in-house event, um, just for our members. I feel I, I, I was kind of joking when I said this, but it might be actually like dead on true. It's like our first gym event in like 600 days. I think it's pretty true. Yeah, I don't know if that's really the exact accurate. number, but like it's been forever since we've been allowed to, um, I mean, work out with masks off and have like lots of people in the gym. So yeah, we hosted sweat fest. Um, and basically the premise of it was, it was kind of like, you know, kind of like a competition, but there was, there was really no leaderboard. There was no judges. Um, we did three awesome workouts. Every workout was a partner workout and people would just draw cards and grab a new partner for each workout. So it had all, in my opinion, all the best elements of competing and being in a competition, but also maybe removed a couple of like the stressors. And I think that just like elevated the fun factor. So Sweatfest 2021, we sold it out um, to, we had 22 people going at once. And in my opinion was, um, I mean, I kind of ran the event, so I'm kind of tooting my own horn here, pumping my own tires. <laughs> but in, in my opinion, it went really awesome. Uh, Jen was signed up. Uh, Jen, how was it on the athlete side? Yeah, it was awesome. It, um, exactly like you said, you know, we had people, there was an event with some, some pull-ups. We had some people jumping, we had some people doing ring rows. And as you know, I, I am a very competitive person. Um, I still had that insane competitive drive to like give my 110, even though there was no, yeah. no like, scoreboard. And even if someone that did jumping pull-ups or ring rows beat me, like it just, it really didn't matter. It, it was, it was a, f yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was a very, like everyone pushed hard. Yeah. And I, I knew it was going to be fun, but I think the recipe for sweat vest, it was like, it worked out a lot better than I even anticipated. And what I mean by that is that if somebody asked me like, you know, Zach, when you compete and, I, and I've competed in, um, a lot of different sports at a lot of different like levels and, and, um, stages. But I mean, anytime there's like a playoff game or like city finals, or I'm, I'm playing, um, whatever sport competitively, anytime there's like a bit on the line, um, it comes with like a lot of butterflies and a lot of nerves. And sometimes I think we can almost teach ourselves to avoid those things. But the very best part about competing, in my opinion, the very best part about, uh, about competing is the extra adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Because you, it's just something you can't get on like a regular a new, basis. A new red line. Yeah. It's like you get this extra surge running through your body and all of a sudden you're just, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's like, it's like a high and you, you are able to like do things you didn't think you were capable of and push harder. And that is the ultimate best part in my opinion, because it's just something you can't get on a regular basis. So 
that's why I compete and usually push people to like try out competitions because like usually you get the butterflies and nerves, but when it's all over, you're like, that was awesome. And that's why we do it. We were trying to create an event where we could kind of get that same feeling back. Um, but just make it a bit more fun, uh, in the sense that it was just for fun. There was no judges and there was no leaderboard. Um, and I wasn't sure if that would possibly take away from like what Jen was saying, like the, you know, the surge of adrenaline or just like that, you know, what would you call it? You know, when, when the music's pumping and you're just yeah. working your hardest. Right. Um, but it was good to hear. I could kind of see it on my end cause people were like really into it and hearing it from Jen and the other athletes, um, did it, it kind of felt more like a competition than we thought. Hey, absolutely. And I think we even, like we had, like I said, all levels of athletes. And I think even athletes that had never, never competed and maybe never have any intention of actually competing in the sport, um, participate. And even they were doing things that they had never done in classes. So yeah, just all around. Yeah. Somebody asked me like, do you think I should like, you know, whatever sport you're in, like, should I, you know, should I sign up for a Spartan race? Should I sign up for a triathlon? Should I sign up to compete in CrossFit? Like my answer is always going to be yes. Absolutely. You should put yourself out of your comfort zone and go for it. Um, I, I, I do agree to a point that like, you know, oh, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Like, yeah. But like, I think everybody should experience it. Yes. Um, I think everybody who plays an instrument should be in a band and play on stage. That's why people play on stages. There comes with more butterflies and nerves, but it's the, all of the extra for, I got no other better words than awesomeness. Just like, that's why people like to play music in front, you know, in, in, um, you know, in stadiums and, and in front of people, they like to play it live because it comes with that adrenaline and, and, and that leads to just a better experience overall. And I think you get that from competing. Um, it was so much fun and yeah, the people that signed up, I think had a great time. Uh, there was also an ice cream truck after, which was really, really cool. Um, if you guys haven't checked out the Battery ice cream truck in Brandon, um, they make all their own ice cream and like really, and really, yeah, yeah, really cool flavors. Um, you should check out the Battery. Um, they're parked right now, I think on Richmond and 13th. But um, yeah, they had like or like maple bacon. I had chocolate peanut butter. And I, then watermelon. Yeah, and there was like uh, ginger snap and I think I had apple blueberry, but their ice cream is so good. Um, but anyway, going back to Sweatfest, we had so much fun that Sweatfest 2, I think will be coming. Um, that was Sweatfest 2021. We might just call that Sweatfest 1 because I think Sweatfest 2 is probably going to come up before the new year. I think we had so many people asking to bring it back. And because it was in the summer, I think a lot of people were away. So um, if you're listening to this and you're on the fence, I promise you you should sign up for sweat fest too because you will have a good time absolutely okay um the very last thing we just want to finish with today um maybe something we're going to introduce for further episodes too but um social media guys i'm, I'm not i mean yeah i'm kind of anti-social media sometimes um i think people spend way too much time doing things that are just not good for their mental health and jen and i are also always trying to work on that you know be mindful of our Netflix, you know, use, be mindful of our, um, social media time and things like that. I, I do believe, um, believe, and also it's been like proven by 
um, studies that like excessive social media consumption has been related to depression, anxiety. So um, I think we have to be very, very mindful of our social media use. But this next little segment is like our favorite social media post in the last little bit. And I think social media can also be okay. But I think you have to be very, very mindful of who you're following on social media. Because I think you can flood your your feed with stuff that's just not good for you. And I think you can start to... And that stuff can change from... from yeah month to month, year to year. Like yeah. I'm saying, something that was good for you last year might not be good for you now. Yeah. If you're, if you're like scrolling through stuff, this is one of the best rules ever that, um, like Jen brought to my attention. I don't know if she made it up or found it from somebody, but like if you're scrolling through and if like a post makes you, if it gives you any negative emotion, whatever it is, anger, jealousy makes you upset, whatever it is, like if it brings a negative emotion, you should unfollow that person because those negative emotions don't need to be brought into your life. Even if it makes no sense, even if my buddy Bob bought himself a new car and it makes me jealous, someone could, you know, you shouldn't be jealous, Zach. It's, it's Bob's car. Don't worry about it. But the reality is if, if I'm, if I have my feed full of people that I'm jealous of, it's just not good use of my time. So mm-hmm. unfollow, um, stuff that, that doesn't give you a good feeling inside. And what I would start to do is start filling your feed with people who you admire or look up to, or yeah, believe in the same things as you. And you, you basically start fill, filling your feed with positivity and the, you know, how, how do you rate that criteria? How does it make you feel inside when you see it? Um, but anyway, going back to the main point of this post is following good people on social media um, is just a great idea. And also, just gives us awesome info to read and also teaches us things about nutrition and the way we want to live. Um, do you have a favorite social media post? I do. Um, I think this one, so that mine is from Miranda. I always mispronounce her last name. Let me just look at it again. So um, Miranda, Miranda uh, Alcaraz, which used to be Miranda Aldroyd. Um, so she had, she's been in the, the fitness scene for a long time. She is a super fit mama. Um, yeah, just love what she preaches in general. Anyway, she had a post a couple of days ago and it's a picture of her and her little boy and he's eating a mango and she talked about how, um, the, the question was, how do you get your kids to eat healthy foods? And she said they don't know the difference. They've never tasted cereal or mac and cheese. They've never had hot dogs or frozen chicken fingers. They're just unaware of the existence of McDonald's drive through And so she said, I'm, it's not a dig at any other parent. It's just the truth for our family that this is all they know is these healthy options. And she goes on to say that, yes, they have had a treat. Um, yes, they have had ice cream. They've had these things. They're just not part of their regular uh, home lifestyle. And so her kids don't even really know to ask for them. And I would say we, we resonate with that quite a bit because it's kind of the same thing around here. It's not that, um, you know, Paxson hasn't had treats or hasn't had cereal or hasn't had whatever. It's just that she doesn't see them regularly enough to even know to ask for them because they're just not around. Um, anyways, the reason, so I really love the post cause it, I thought, wow, good on you. It's, it's really tough to say that because food and, uh, beyond that food and your kids is like a very, very, very sensitive subject and people need to do what feels best for them. 
So I already love the post, but then um, today she posted a very similar picture and said, you know, I never meant to upset so many people with this post. Um, So she goes on to essentially say like that was not her intention. Someone asked her the question and she gave the answer. She gave her truthful answer. And I can only imagine the hate mail that she got on this post so much so that she had to post again to clarify that she was not taking a dig at and like it's just it's so messed up she clarified that she you know was not taking a dig at anyone and that was not her intention and then she kind of goes on to say that we all have things as moms that we're working on and that we feel bad about and she lists all these things that um, she often feels guilt about, about her, you know, being a mom and I'm not going to lift, you know, list them off, but she says, um, you know, my kids don't sleep when I see helpful tips to get your kids to sleep. It pisses me right off and I feel like a failure. So it's, it's just, I loved the message. And then I felt so bad because this is what happens. She just tries to be honest and share something. She got probably attacked on social media. I mean, there's thousands of comments and people saying, don't attack her. <laughs> like, it's well, just, actually, I feel it's, bad. It's absolutely I feel crazy. bad that she, I feel bad that she feels bad enough. She actually has to make an apology post. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's a crazy world. Like, and I mean, I just, from even small things that have happened in our life, like the amount of hours that that took from her was probably like, 10 plus or 12 plus yeah, as they, the comments rolled in yes. and as they sat and decided, do we take the post down? What do we do? Do we, do we make a new post? How do we, you know, clarify that we weren't trying to hurt people? And it's crazy because every time you post something, and I mean, we've said this before that, you know, you post a new house, you post a car, you put whatever it is, like, you know, 50% of the people love it and 50% feel bad about their life. Like it's, it is wild how, um, just this platform has that effect and how and in reality it goes back to the rule like if you if you really don't like what somebody's posting just unfollow them yeah you don't have to get upset you can just unfollow them and not even in a malicious way i'm just saying like if why would you follow not into it today yeah and why would you follow somebody that you don't don't like or don't agree with like um i i just i feel bad for her and i mean going back to that original post it's not like she said shame on you parents yeah feeding your kids bad food shame on you like she was just offering like real advice on not even advice she just said this is how we do it yes exactly (laughs) she didn't say you should do this yeah she didn't say this is the best way she literally just said this is why my kids eat chicken and mango (laughs) and the reality is probably the people that were the most mad felt like they were called out in mm-hmm. fa- when in fact she wasn't calling out anybody mm-hmm. she's just posting so what's funny is that perhaps maybe some people who like i mean if, if you wanted your kids to eat better if you truly wanted them to eat better you could read that post and and not take it so personal and be like okay what is she trying to teach me from this post right like i don't think she was trying to be to talk down to anybody so it's just um that, that's a tough one too everybody i mean i think jen and i are aware of that too when when you feel like you've been kind of called out like it's usually not usually nobody's actually calling you out they've just no. struck a nerve yeah they've struck a nerve so um because i mean sometimes whatever i mean we, we try to parent the best we can but if we see something that we don't 
agree with, you know, sometimes we'll see posts about, um, you know, uh, these, these awesome, wonderful moms who have a super clean house and, uh, and just the most amazing playroom, right? It's very easy to go, you know, well, F you, you got all this money. We got no money. We don't have room for a playroom. We got room for this. <laughs> and all of a sudden you could just be like, whoa, whoa, whoa like, like yeah. chill she didn't out. Paste her, yeah. She didn't chill out. Doc and what was she saying here? Yeah. She's saying, oh, here's a cool activity for your two year old. Yeah. Like it's and, and again, it's not, I've, I've done that even where it's like, oh, like I'm a bad mom. I haven't, I haven't planned out any cool activities with baking soda and, and eyedroppers and, you know, letters and this and that and every, you know, my kid's going to be behind. And then again, you're like, they're literally just trying to put out content so that, you know, they have a blog, you go to their Amazon store. It's how they make money. It's their job. Yeah. <laughs> like, but her post was really good. Anyways. And, uh, let's end that on a positive note because yeah. she was posting it to help people. Mm-hmm. And cause I think a nutrition for us adults is, is difficult and nutrition for kids is difficult. Um, but you either want to learn and get better or you want to just chuck, hate at people or throw shade is I think what the cool kids are saying these days. Um, I actually feel terrible that she had to come up with an apology, but yeah. um, what, what's her, people should follow her though. I think she's she great is on Instagram. fearless Miranda and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm like totally behind everything she's said for a long time. So nice. Um, I think yeah, that's a check her out. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. Uh, in this episode to wrap it up, um, I will save my favorite social media post. Um, I'll take a screenshot right now and I'm going to save it for next time. Cause that was, I think a great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed episode 34. Um, it's great to be back everybody. Um, you should hear that outro music kicking in again. Boom right now. Um, thanks again to Quixotic for letting us uh, use his music for this podcast. Um, it's great to catch up, everybody. Hope you are doing well. Fall is coming fast, everybody. Is it September next week? It is September next week. Well, this week. Yeah. It's Sunday. Hope you guys had an awesome summer, and um, you'll be hearing from us uh, much sooner this time around. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. We want to give a quick shout out to the artist Quixotic for letting us use this awesome music. Our goal with this podcast is to help as many people as possible. So if you were enjoying it, then don't forget to leave us a rating, a review, and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy, and stay happy.